0: So grateful that you are here today, and I'm ready to get into the Word of God. Let me tell you, I am pumped to preach today. Why is that? Because it's New Year's Eve, y'all. It's a great day to be in the house of God. It's a great day to get to preach uh, a word that I feel like is uh, a word of hope, a word of encouragement for somebody. Uh, I was talking to my wife Lindsay, kind of on the drive home from uh, our, our sickness <laughs> from all of our family and. And I said, you know what, babe? I just feel like this Sunday, God just wants to encourage somebody. God just wants to lift somebody up. God just wants to like get somebody pumped up for 2024. So if you're okay with that, can you say Amen today? Uh, I got a message for you today, and it is called Forward Focus. I need somebody to say, "I'm forward focused." Okay, wheat sauce, all right? That's what that was. If you're gonna say, I'm forward focused, I need you to say it like you mean it, like we're about to head into your best year you have ever had in your life. I need somebody to say, I'm forward focused. focused. That's a little better, we'll work on it, okay? We got a few more times to do it, all right? So Genesis 19 tells the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now that's not where you thought I was going, right? Not at all. Yeah, we'll bring it back around, all right? These these cities, y'all, they were terrible. They were terrible cities. They were filled with evil of all different kinds. They had completely gone away from God, not just like almost completely. No, the word of God says that they were completely depraved, sin-filled, evil cities, completely given over to Satan, and they had rebelled against God in every single way. And God finally says, I have had enough. I've had enough of this rebellion. I've had enough of these people deliberately going against me. And these aren't people that just like don't know about God. No, they know who God is and they have chosen to go away from him. This is the difference. And so God sends some angels into the town that Lot and his wife and his family was in. And, and he warned, these angels warn them about this destruction that is about to take place. I so say, you got to get out of here. It's about to get cray-cray, all right? You gotta leave. And so, Lot and his wife and his two daughters, they start to run away from the city. And there's burning sulfur from heaven, burning fire that comes down and starts to consume the city. But what was the one rule that the angels gave Lot and his family? Said, you cannot do this one thing. What was it? Don't look back. Don't look back. Just don't do it. So Lot and his wife, they start to run away with his daughters. And and it says that Lot's, his daughters are kind of right behind him. But then Lot's wife is a little bit farther behind him. And then she makes the fatal mistake. The literal one thing that the angel said that you were not allowed to do. She turns around and looks back. And what does the Bible say? It says that she became a pillar of salt. Now, don't know the logistics of that. All right, it's a little crazy. She just turns into a pillar of salt. I, I don't know about y'all, but we have little kids. And over Christmas, we, uh, we have a little girl now who's one and a half, thinks that she's a princess. And that's because she is. And so we've watched Frozen about 8,000 times, okay? And if you know the end of Frozen, like Anna, you know, she like gives herself up and she like turns into this like big, you know, ice statue and then the sword hits it and shatters and Hans, you know, it's like blows back, whatever. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, Okay. And so um, it, I was like imagining when we were watching Frozen, I was like, is this what it looked like when she became a pillar of salt? Lots of, I could turn anything into a sermon, you know? So, uh, and so I don't know what it looked like, but she turns into this pillar of salt because she made the one mistake of looking back. Now, here's the deal. The word looked back in the Hebrew, if you actually read with uh, the original language, it doesn't mean just like this glance back. You know, it's, it's not just like, a, you know, you're going this way and you're like, oh, I'm curious what's happening over there. Hmm. All right, keep moving on. We're like, oh, burning sulfur from heaven. Kind of crazy. You know, they got, that's not what she was doing. It's not a quick glance. It's not a curious look. But the word looked back in Hebrew there actually has some intent behind it. As if she was maybe looking back and longing for the city that was being destroyed. Longing for the the, the evil and the evil people that, that lived there. Maybe she's looking back and she's like, my nail salon. Like I'm going to have to find a new one now. Like what am I doing? This is awful. You know, like all my friends, you know, like they're, but they're evil people. Terrible. And she's looking back maybe, in a in a sense of, of longing, of almost wishing that maybe God wasn't destroying it and kind of self-identifying herself with the city. Like, no, like God, no, why are you destroying everything that I love? And yet God said it was pure evil. And so what happens is she identifies with the evil city and she gets destroyed along with it. There was this idea of looking back kind of with longing or with intent and not being satisfied with where God was taking them. And I just wanna ask you a question today. How many times in our lives do we look back? How many times in your life do you look back and think more about your past than you do your future? Be real with me, y'all. It's a normal thing that we do. I think it's human nature. But just like Lot's wife, if you spend more time in your life looking back at the places that you have been instead of looking forward and where God is taking you right now, I believe eventually it will destroy you. Amen? It'll destroy you. The same way Lot's wife. So my encouragement to you today is it is time to stop. Looking back, y'all, it's time to look forward into the future that God has for you. I need somebody in this place to be laser focused on the future. I need you to be future focused. Somebody say, I'm future focused. There it is, a little bit better. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is what? Gone. The new life, what? Has begun. It says that your old life is gone. When you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, how many of you know that your old life is gone? The old man is destroyed and a new man has been created. Like you are born again. My sins are forgiven. I am healed, delivered, set free by the blood of Jesus that we just uh, took in communion there. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm not the old man anymore. God is forward focused. He's not looking at your past and judging you for it. Guys, he is more concerned about your future, so why are you so concerned about your past? If God is looking ahead, why are we looking behind? And I think many of you um, that have made the decision to follow Jesus in this last year, which we've seen, it's been like hundreds of people that have given their lives to Jesus at this church in the last year, it's incredible. Many of you have given your lives to Jesus this last year, And the last thing that I wanna see for you in 2024 is you going back to your old way of living. We ain't doing it. That's the last thing I wanna see for you. And yet I know it's human nature to do so. It's easy to go back to the old way. It's comfortable to go back to the old friends. It's comfortable to go back to the things that you find comfort in, but yet God calls evil. It's, it's easy to go back and to find yourself stuck in the same cycles over and over again. And I just don't want that for you. I don't, the same way that Lot's wife looked back on her old way of life, maybe with a little bit of longing, I don't want you to be that person. I don't want you to be destroyed because of it. The Hebrews did the same thing, y'all. Think about it. Moses, God sends Moses into Egypt. Hebrews, all slaves at this point, okay? Okay. And then God does miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle. And then Moses shows up, he's doing his thing and he takes a staff, he parts the Red Sea. And then all of the Hebrew people walk through there and they're free from slavery. And then a month and a half later, what are they doing? Complaining. Seriously, why don't we just go back to Egypt? Because now we're in the desert and now we have to eat this manna from heaven. And now things are difficult and why don't we just go back? Because at least we had three meals a day. You know, at least, we were, at least we were taken good care of back there and we didn't have to walk through this desert. Guys, they were literally on the way to the promised land that God had promised them. And they were worried about going back to the land of slavery. God was taking them into their destiny, taking them into the promise he had for them And yet they were complaining, wanting to go back and being slaves. You got to think Moses was very upset. He's like, guys, I parted a sea for you people, okay? It was not easy, you know? Took a lot of arm strength there, you know, with that staff. It was difficult, you know? You know what I'm talking about? He was upset. He had to be. Frustrated. Why would you want to go back? But that's the tactic of the enemy, isn't it? To try to get you to look back. To try to get you to go back to the old things. To try to get you back into bondage. What does the Bible say, guys? I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave to sin any longer. What are we, y'all? We're children of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And yet Satan, what he wants to do more than anything else is to get you back in the chains that you have already broken by the power of Jesus. The Holy Spirit broke those things off of you and he doesn't want that on you anymore. And yet Satan is trying to chain you right back up. And many times we're looking back and we're almost going to Satan like here and put me in chains again. No, we're not going to do that this year. No, no, no. But this is what Satan wants to do. He says, well, what's the harm in just a little bit of sinning, right? You know, like what's, what's the harm in just a little bit? But you know how that grows. You know how it goes. You know how it grows. You're still the same as you used to be. You're not any different. You know, remember what you've done this last year. Remember, Remember the failures that you've had. Remember the mistakes that you've had, the times that that you thought that you were a a real Christian, right? But you're not really. Like that wasn't just an emotional experience. That wasn't really a a connection with God, the creator of the universe. No, 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 that's not, that wasn't real. This is what Satan will try to do. He'll try to get in your head and speak these lies. Guys, he is the father of lies. What does Satan come to do? Three things, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life more abundant. So if it sounds like stealing, killing, and destroying, it is not from God. If it sounds like life, it's from Jesus, amen? We need to learn to listen to the right voice in 2024. Stop listening to the old voices and looking back at the old way of life. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, is said. this is Paul talking here. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider I've made it my own, but one thing I do, okay? Here it is. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining where? Forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, I played basketball for about 14 years, okay? I was four years old when I started. I played all the way until I was 18, And I ended up being pretty good at basketball, okay? And I would hope so after 14 years or else I was just delusional, okay? But I ended up being pretty good and I was the captain of my team junior and senior year. And I'm very competitive, all right? I don't like to lose. It's not something that I like to be a part of, okay? I was blessed. I had a lot of great winning teams over my career in basketball and different sports and all that. I hate losing. And so I was really hard on myself when I would mess something up because I wanna be a part of the win. Like, I wanna be a part of the, the thing that helps our team win. I don't wanna cause us to lose. And yes, sometimes that happened. Sometimes I had a bad game. It was very unfortunate when it did, because I would think about it a whole lot. When I would miss a shot, I would get down on myself. When I would make a bad pass, it was like embarrassing. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I made that pass. I just threw it right out of bounds to my mom in the stands. You know, like, he wouldn't even near me, you know? like, it wasn't even close, and maybe I threw up a shot and I was like, oh yeah, that's going in. And it was a complete air ball. And I just totally missed it, didn't even hit the rim. And it's just embarrassing. And I would think about it and it was difficult. I would go over all these things in my head. And I think the biggest difference between a professional basketball player and me, other than they're way better at basketball than I am, is one thing. One thing that separates a pro from a casual, separates a pro from a high school player, or even a D1 college player is that professional basketball players have the shortest memory. They have the shortest memory. They have mastered short-term memory. If you're a professional athlete, really in any sport, but in basketball especially, you have to master short-term memory. See, if I make a mistake on the basketball court, I'm thinking about it When I run back to the other side, I'm thinking about it. When I'm sitting on the bench, I'm thinking about it in the locker room after the game. I'm having nightmares about it when I go to sleep at night. you know, I'm still upset the next day about that mistake I made. A professional basketball player though, if they make a mistake, they could throw up the worst shot they've ever thrown up in their entire life. By the time they get back to the other side of the court, they've already forgotten about it. Why? Because they're professionals and they realize, I don't have time to think about the past. I don't have time. I can't afford to look to my past as a defining factor of what's about to happen next. Listen, guys, I would be having nightmares about it, but they forget about it immediately. They've mastered it, and they don't let a missed shot affect their next shot. They don't let a missed shot affect their next shot. And I think some of you, Maybe in this place today, I hope not, but I believe that there are some people in here that need to be encouraged. Man, you are too worried about your missed shots from this last year, and it is going to affect your next shot that you take in 2024. You you don't have time for it. You can't be worried about the past. It's time to let go of the past and move forward into the future. Why? Think about it in biblical terms. What if David couldn't get over his sin with Bathsheba? What if he just couldn't get over it? man, I really messed up. You know, I can't believe I got found out and and all this bad stuff has happened because of it. And and I've done so many bad things and and now I just can't move on from it. And all he's thinking about is his past. What would happen? What if Peter couldn't forgive himself for denying Jesus three times? Jesus straight up told him he was gonna do it too. That's bad. He said, you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. Rooster crows, he looks right over at Jesus. Jesus just staring, he locks eyes with him. Oh, imagine the the guilt and the shame in that moment of Peter being like, oh, I denied Jesus exactly like he told me I was going to. But what if he just couldn't get over it? What if? What if Paul was still thinking about his old life as Saul? Thinking about his old name and his old way of living. Saul killed Christians. But Paul had an encounter with Christ. And and we wouldn't have half of the New Testament that we have today if Paul was not able to get over his old life and to forget about the past and to look forward into the future that God had for him. We wouldn't even have Philippians that I'm just reading out of right now. Listen, Paul says, guys, I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I know I'm not. He says this though, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal, guys. He's forgetting the past. He's moving forward into the future. Guys, you don't have time to think about the things that you didn't accomplish in 2023. You don't have time for that. It's not doing you any good to remind yourself of your shortcomings from this last year. It's not helping anything. And I know it's human nature to do that, but it's not what God wants you to do. Listen, God has too much for me to accomplish, for me to be stuck in the past, y'all. I can't be thinking that way. There's a, a term in basketball. It says, shooters shoot. You know what that means? It means when Steph Curry gets on the floor, that dude is gonna shoot the basketball, okay? He's probably the greatest shooter that the NBA has ever seen. No one's ever been like him before. But that dude, you know that he'll go a stretch of five shots where he misses every single one of them. And Steph Curry will go 10 shots maybe and miss every single one of them. But you know what he's going to do on the 11th shot? He is going to put that ball up with some confidence, believing it's going to go in. Why? Because he is a shooter. That's what he does. That's who he is. And I think some of you today need to be reminded of who you are in Jesus Christ today. That you are a shooter for the kingdom. Come on now. Like you need to score some buckets. For Jesus is here. <laughs> Guys, you don't got to worry about the missed shots that you didn't make. You don't have time to think about that stuff. God is more focused on your future than he is your past. And yet we're sitting here worried about all the mistakes that we made. All the times where we didn't measure up. When, when I didn't do the thing that I felt like God told me to do. Or where I messed up in my marriage. I messed up in my family. Or lost my job. Or whatever it might be for you. I don't know what it is. But man, you got to look forward to your future. Because that's what God is doing. So let's get the right perspective. Be a shooter. And some of y'all just need to have some confidence in 2024 that no matter how bad or good 2023 was, God wants to do something new this year. You believe that? Amen? Let me read it to you. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Forget the former things. He he said it a little bit in New York. He said, forget about it. Come on, like forget about it. You know, like don't worry about it. Like it's in the past. Don't dwell on the past, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He's saying, I am making a way in the wilderness. Why do we sing that song, Waymaker? Come on now, he is a way maker. He makes a way when there is no way. It looks like wilderness ahead of you, but God knows where he's taking you. Come on now, the Hebrews didn't trust God when they were walking through the desert, but he knew where he was taking them. They wanted to look back at Egypt and at their old life of slavery. And God says, if you will just push forward, you will see where I'm taking you. I'm making a way where there is no way. Forget the former things. Was 2023 a great year for you? Congrats. That's awesome. Thank God for it. And let's move forward. Was 2023 a terrible year for you? Thank God for it and let's move forward. It's no different. See, the enemy can't win when you have that kind of an attitude. Why can you thank God for a terrible year? That doesn't even make sense. You absolutely can. In the book of James, it says this. It says, count all trials as what? Pure joy. Count all trials that you face as pure joy. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I don't want a weak faith, y'all. I want a strong faith in Jesus. I want 2024 to be the year of the strongest faith that I have ever had. And you know what? If 2023 was terrible for you and you went through some trials and you went through some hard times, you can thank God for it and count it as joy. Why? Because you're coming out on the other side stronger with a better faith than you've ever had before, looking ahead to the future that God has for you. The enemy can't win. You had a great year? Amazing. i Thank thanking God, for his blessings. Had a bad year? It's okay because I've learned something, and now I'm moving forward into what God has for me. Man, you know the enemy hates when you have that kind of attitude. He can't stand that attitude. It's an attitude of no matter what happens to me, I'm good because God's got me. If it was bad, I'm learning. If it was good, I'm praising, you know, like it doesn't matter, and that's the kind of attitude I want us to have. It's all about perspective. He says in that passage, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you perceive what's happening right now? Are you, are you, do you see what I see? Christmas is over. It's so sad. Golly, it was so fast. But are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because I want to do a new thing in you. You're not going to catch the vision I have for you if you're too busy looking this way. Ain't going to catch it. Ain't going to see the destiny that I have for you if you're too busy looking behind. It's not going to happen. It's all about perspective. I have a fresh vision for you, a renewed purpose for you in your life, a unique destiny for you in, In 2024, there's something fresh for you. But man, are you too worried looking that way or are you looking ahead? Are you locking eyes with Jesus going into this next year? Sometimes I don't think we struggle as much maybe uh, with looking back. Some people do, they struggle with looking backwards. But I think a lot of times what we struggle with is, is looking around us, right? It's not always looking back at our old life and going back to the old things, but sometimes it's just the, the the temptations and just the distractions of life around us that really really gets us and um, about a year ago maybe a little bit more than a year ago my son Oakland was learning to drive this little golf cart that my dad got him my dad loves golf he plays all the time and and uh, and I love playing with him and so we got him this little motorized golf cart super fun and so Oakland was learning how to drive it problem is is I would be kind of walking out to the side of him a little behind but to the side and then as he would be learning how to drive, basically, he's, he's driving forward, and then he'd look at me and say, Dad, check this out. Look at me. I'm driving. And he's just, like, veering off. I'm like, son, get back. You're about to hit me. Like, look forward. Keep your eyes ahead, you know. So I'd go on the other side of him and try to, like, get it back on track. And he'd be like, hey, Dad, check me out. You know, I'm like, dude, keep your eyes in front of you, son. Like, stop looking at me and look ahead. I had to remind him that whichever way you look is the way that you're going to go. And we learn this in the book of Proverbs. It's uh, chapter 4, 25 through 27. It says, Let your eyes look directly where? Forward. Forward. Keep your eyes in front of you, let your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. I love how it says this. Sometimes Proverbs is so sweet about things, you know, ponder the path of your feet. You know how I would say that to my son? Hey, keep your eyes up, dude. You're about to trip over that right there. Like keep your eyes in front of you. Stop looking around when you're walking. You're going to trip on the sidewalk, you know. Look where you're going is what it's basically saying. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Don't swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So we understand this idea from scripture and just from life in general, that you steer the way that you look. I will steer the way that I look. So the question then becomes, where are your eyes looking? What are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Are your eyes fixed on other people? Or your eyes fixed on Jesus? Are your eyes fixed on the circumstances and the distractions of this world and this life that we live? Or are your eyes fixed on Jesus? See, when Oakland was looking at me, he was veering off toward me, right? But when he was looking ahead, his path was then straight. So who are you looking at? Who are you comparing yourself to? Are you falling into the trap of comparison today? Uh, Lindsay, you know, she said, hey, I, I think in your sermon, you know, you want to encourage people and you feel like it's what God wants to do. I think you should tell people and talk to people about, you know, people will post those reels on Instagram or on TikTok or whatever and, and kind of like the recap of their of their year. They post these videos, of the little clips, you know, put it, some music behind it, and it's just all these clips together of the amazing year that they had in 2023. It's like, oh, like that vacation they went on, there's a clip of that. And, you know, we had a kid or I got that new job or went to this cool place or whatever. And it's just all these highlight clips from 2023 and they put them all together. And then you're just sitting there scrolling through it and you're like, well, I didn't go on a vacation like that. And like, we didn't get to do that. Oh, I was, well, they got a promotion. Okay, that's nice. Good for them, you know? Like, oh, we didn't get to do that. I didn't get to, and then we look and basically what you're doing then is you're just comparing your 2023 to the highlight reel and the curated version of all your friends 2023, right? When in reality, they probably had some hard times too. They had some tough stuff that they went through also, but we're comparing ourselves to other people and we're looking to the side and saying, well, look at their race. They, look, they seem to be going a little faster than I am. They seem to be running a, a little bit more steady than I am. Well, I'm just, I'm over here and I'm falling behind in the pack. You're comparing yourself to other people. Here's the deal. Last time I checked, God did not call you to run their race. He didn't call you to run in other people's lane. He gave you a lane. He gave you a purpose. He gave you unique talents and abilities. He gave you the family that you have, you the job that you have, you the life that you have, and he's asked you to do something with it, not to worry about what they're doing. Maybe this person's running a little bit faster than you. I don't know, but maybe they're running so hard they get burned out and you pass them up later. Who knows? It doesn't matter what people around you are doing. All that matters is that you keep your eyes ahead on the goal, amen? Because if you start looking to the side, what's gonna happen? Just like Oakland, veering off to the side, looking at me. I don't wanna become like you. I wanna become everything God's called me to be. I wanna become like Christ. I'm gonna keep my eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of my faith. That's Jesus. He's at the finish line. And so I'm gonna keep my eyes ahead, because I don't need to run your race and you don't need to run my race. That's the beauty of this life. We're all running the race of life together, but yet God calls us to unique destinies. That's the trap of comparison. So don't fall into that trap. Look into the side. What else is on the side? Um, I said, sometimes we look back. Sometimes we look to the side. We're looking at other people, but what else is over there on the side too? So many of you maybe just got back from some uh, some Christmas trips, okay? Uh, maybe you... Uh, went on I-35, unfortunately for you, if you did. And um, my wife and I used to drive I-35 to go to Fort Worth all the time. That's where her family lived. And so we would drive up there for Christmas and Thanksgiving, all that. But they moved out to San Angelo area now. So now we kind of take all the back roads and, uh, you know, which is really nice. It's a beautiful drive. The only difficult thing is there's, uh, there's no buckies uh, that way. So we don't get to stop there. It's unfortunate, but maybe you took a highway wherever it is that you went for your Christmas trip and You know, if you look off to the side of a major highway, what are you gonna see? You're gonna see hundreds and hundreds of fast food places. Come on now. There's a McDonald's, then there's a Starbucks, then there's a McDonald's, then there's a Whataburger, then there's a McDonald's again, and then there's a Bucky's. finally, you've found the Holy Grail. And what are they hoping that you will do when you see them? Stop! Eventually, after seeing McDonald's 62,000 times on your drive, hopefully they're, they're thinking that you will eventually stop at one of them to stop in for a double quarter pounder, some beautiful French fries and a Dr. Pepper. Come on now, you know what I mean? That's what they want you to do. And I'm the one that's usually the one that's pushing for that. I'm not gonna lie, I really am. I'm the one pushing to stop. I'm like, hey, like, can we just uh, stop in for a little snacky snack? You know what I mean? A little something, something. Maybe just like, she's like, it's a two and a half hour drive. Like we do not need to stop. And Lindsay's the one, she's saying, Trev, We don't need to stop, we just need to power on through. And why is that? Because my mama has a beautiful home cooked meal waiting for us almost on the table by the time that we get there. You know what I'm talking about, it's the turkey, it's the ham, it's the gravy, it's the glaze, you know, like it's all the fixings and all the sides and everything. And she knows if you just wait it out and if you just power through and keep your eyes fixed on the goal, we will get there And eat the delicious meal. And you know that meal is way more nourishing than anything that you could get on the side of the road on I-35, okay? But many times we settle for what's on the side of the road and what's in the here and the now instead of looking forward to the future in the home-cooked meal. Do not settle for anything less than what God has for you this next year, amen? We're done with settling. We're not gonna eat the empty calories of the enemy this year, okay? We ain't doing it. Satan Shake Shack is not going to get me. It's not happening. No, 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 no. It's empty calories. Only consume God's best for you this next year. And isn't that the best definition of sin? Empty calories. Isn't it? I guarantee it is. Why? Because empty calories. You eat a, a burger at a fast food place on the side. You, you're still hungry later. It ain't even real. What's even in this? Who knows? It's empty calories. You'll be hungry again sooner than you would if you ate a nice home-cooked meal. It, you eat it, and you, you kind of feel gross, too. You know, you go to T-Bell, and you regret it immediately. You know what I'm talking about? Like, don't go there. If you want to hurt yourself, then go there. But if not, don't do it. Uh, you eat it, and, and you just want more, right? You digest those empty calories, and it just, it's dead weight. It slows you down. And this is what sin does in our lives. We don't want that. We want to consume God's best for us this next year. Amen. We want to consume God's word. Why? Because God's word, what, never returns void. Void, what does that mean? Nothing. It's not empty. There's not empty calories in God's word. It will spiritually nourish you. It will sustain you. It will build your spiritual muscles. And when you sit in God's presence, when we do this 21 days, of prayer and fasting, what are we doing? We are feeding ourselves on God's word, feeding ourselves on prayer, and that is going to spiritually strengthen you. Keep your eyes forward on Jesus in 2024. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Keep your eyes forward, don't look back. Don't look at your shortcomings, don't idolize your successes. Maybe you've had a great year, but maybe God wants to do something different in 2024, but you're still saying, you know, I did pretty good in 2023 doing it this way. So why don't I just keep doing the same thing? But what if God wanted to do something different and you just thought because it worked in 2023, it's gonna be the same in 2024? No, no, no. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you in that. Don't idolize your success. Don't let it get to your head. Whether it's good or bad, listen to what God has to say to you. It's time. I think honestly, guys, God wants to do something new in some of you in this next year. And I just think you need to declare that. Just declare it over your life. It's time to declare the goodness of God in but 2024 is gonna be the year of the Lord's favor in my life, in the life of my family. Amen, you just gotta get a little bit of gusto about it. You know, like this is the year that my faith is going to grow more than it ever has before. This is the best year that I am ever going to have in the name of Jesus. I declare that over my life, over my family, over my job. Sometimes you just gotta get a little bit of faith in you. Amen, you need to have that. It's gonna be the best year. My best days are ahead of me. Last year, this person left me, but this year, God has somebody better for me, amen? Last year, I didn't have direction, but this year, I'm following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Last year, we struggled financially, but this year, I believe God's bringing provision in my life in the name of Jesus. Last year, I struggled with addiction, but this year is the year of freedom for me in the name of Jesus. Last year was last year, but this year, I'm gonna be what? Forward focus. Somebody say, I'm forward focus. focus. Why don't you stay with me today? We close here in just a moment. I'm gonna pray with you. I want you to look ahead to what God has for you. I want you to have hope. I want you to be encouraged today. I hope that you're encouraged. God has something. He says, see, I'm doing something new. That's a word for you today. But if I'm going to look back at anything, if I am going to look back, it's going to be looking back 2,000 years ago at what Jesus did for me on the cross. If I'm going to spend time looking backwards at all, I'm looking back and I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross for me so that I can have that life ahead of me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did 2,000 years ago then so that I don't have to be stuck here where I am today, but that I can keep moving forward and that you'll make my path straight when I put my trust in you, when I put my faith in you. That's the hope that we have in Jesus, amen? I don't mind looking back. We gotta look back at the right things. It's never a problem to look back at what Jesus did, but also... He's ahead of you. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He was at the start of everything and he'll be at the finish line when he calls you home one day. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. I've never said that I was, but one thing I do and one thing I do well is I forget what lies behind and I press on toward the goal. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I just ask for somebody in this place today that's struggling with where they're at right now in life. Maybe they feel like they should be farther ahead. Maybe they feel like I'm struggling with the same things I've been struggling with for a long time. And I'm, maybe they're looking back at their past and maybe hanging with some of those same friends that they should have dropped a long time ago. Doing some of those same things that they said they would never do again and, God, I pray right now that you would break that off of them in the name of Jesus. They would remind themselves that they are a child of the most high God and they have a unique plan and destiny for their lives. It's greater than anything that is in their past. There's a hope and a future in Jesus Christ for them. Maybe there's some people that are looking out to the side. They're playing the comparison game. They're looking at other people and saying, I should be farther along than them. They're running harder than I am or running better than I am. They're comparing their lives to the highlight reels of other people. God, I just pray you would encourage people that, hey, right where you're at is not a problem, but just keep your eyes up, keep your eyes forward and let's move forward together in this year. And maybe there's some people that are distracted with the things of this world, distracted by the things that the enemy is putting in front of them. God, I pray right now that you would help them to to not settle for anything less than God's best for them. Help them to walk in power and authority this next year in the name of Jesus, we declare that. And I just wanna invite somebody today with every head bowed, every eye closed, you know, I think going into this next, before we even get into 2024, right? It's time to get right with God. It's time to say yes. It's time to receive Jesus as your savior. We all are in need of a savior. God's word says that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. While you're in the middle of your junk, while you're in the middle of the the problems that you might face in life, God is right there in the middle of it with you. And he wants to give you a hope for a future that's better than anything that you could achieve on your own. He wants to forgive you of your sins today and help you to walk in freedom. So whether you've never given your life to God or you wanna give your life to him for the first time today, I just encourage you, to do that. And on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and look right up at me. And then you can put your hand right back down. I just wanna know who I'm praying with today that's saying yes to Jesus Christ. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Come on, I see you in the back. Three of you guys. Two of y'all right here. Come on, one, two, three, four, five, six of y'all over here. Man, God bless you guys. God bless you. You can put your hands down when I see you. God, amazing. Hey, I see you, my man. Come on, that's good stuff. Yes, sir, come on. And I counted 12 people so far. Is there anybody else? Anybody else wants to say yes to Jesus? Would you just raise your hand and look up at me? I just wanna see you. Come on, yeah, I see you. Yes, ma'am, I got you. Yeah, I see you right here at the front. Yes, ma'am. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, I'm gonna pray for every single one of you. There's about 14 people saying yes to Jesus Uh, this morning, going into the new year strong. Let's all just pray uh, together. I'm gonna pray for you guys, come on. Father God, thank you for every person that's saying yes to you. Help all of us to go into this year with power and authority that only comes from Jesus Christ. We're not looking back at our mistakes. We're not looking back at our old life with this longing. No, we ain't going back anymore. Satan, you have no hold over us. We are moving into a new season. There's a new life for us, a fresh beginning, something new for all of us, whether or not we had a great year or a terrible year. God, I believe the best is yet to come for everybody here, for everybody watching online, for our Radical Church family as a whole, I believe the best is yet to come. We really believe that, God. And I pray that as we go into this season of prayer and fasting, that we would open up our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to us a fresh word straight from heaven. Help us to accomplish the things and the mission and the the vision that you have for our lives. Not what we have, but what you have. God, forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us. All in righteousness. Help us to become more like you, Jesus, as we fix our eyes on you. And if there's somebody in this place that is grateful for what God has done in your life, would you just give a big shout of praise and say amen? God is good. Amen. Come on. I'm so glad that you came to church this morning. Are you glad you came today? I hope you leave encouraged, excited and whatever plans you have tonight, may I just share the love of Jesus with somebody. We'll see you next week. God bless you one more time. Say, I'm forward focused. Y'all have a great day. God bless you.